Chara Supply Chain. Highlighting and showcasing solutions for the most complex challenges facing the industry in 21st century by our team of subject matter experts and mentors. Broadcasting every week all year round, we will present the most up-to-date series of podcasts and webinars. Hello and welcome to another a new episode of Vijara Supply Chain. Uh, this is Norhadi and I will be your host. And I'm joined by our special guest here today, uh, Justin Kingdon, uh, Supply Chain Consultant and Product Solution Manager at Expeditors. So hi there, Justin. How are you doing? Thanks for being here. Hi, Nirhadi. I'm doing very well and thank you for having me. All right. So in today's episode, I and Justin will be talking about the potential of a digital twin, specifically in the supply chain space. So Justin, before we get started, could you please brief a little bit by yourself and your professional background? Yeah. Um, so I started off in the in the industry like many people do, and that was as a documents runner. Um, so that was way back in very early 2000s. And then uh, since then, I've, I've worked my way through a private customs brokerage, uh, then into freight forwarding uh, with a company that was bought out by Agility called LEP, uh, and then most recently at Expeditors. And in Expeditors, I've, I've had several roles uh, throughout my history with the company, uh, including running the New Zealand operations, uh, and then most recently in the current role of GM for, for Supply Chain Solutions, which is our supply chain consulting uh, department. Uh, for the region we call South Asia, which is really the ASEAN countries plus Australia and New Zealand. Mm-hmm. All right. So, Justin, could you just start by explaining to the listener what a, a digital twin is and how it works? Sure. So, a digital twin uh, and the concept uh, really came about from manufacturing and the Apollo Lunar Lander uh, was the uh, was uh, had the first digital twin developed uh, for its design, and uh, since then it's evolved into many industries, uh, so including automotive manufacturing as well. Uh, when we look at it from the perspective of um, a supply chain digital twin, we we take the the learning and uh, and the development uh, that was done in digital twins for physical goods, and then looks at it uh, from the perspective of the flow of goods uh, through supply chains uh, and the flow of orders through supply chains as well. Uh, so when we're considering that, um, that backdrop, uh, we're, we're looking at analysing large volumes of uh, goods and of the order information that accompanies those goods and then making that information uh, visualised and accessible and incredibly useful uh, to not only a supply chain manager, but to as many people inside an organisation as possible, uh, because the purpose, uh, foundation purpose of a digital twin is to democratise the information in the supply chain and make it accessible and available to everyone uh, that's working inside a company. Um, what we are aiming to do is to uh, enable businesses uh, to uh, see fast visualizations of their data, uh, run analysis on that and optimization, uh, what if scenarios 
on that data uh, and share those results through the organisation because we know supply chain affects every department in a company. Uh, and um, then by enabling everyone to see that and see the impacts of decisions made, not just in supply chain departments, but also in other departments like legal, accounting, marketing and advertising, so on and so forth, uh, that then better decision-making can be made inside a business. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So let's talk more specific in the supply chain space, Justin. How a digital twin technology is uh, transforming supply chain? And, and, and in general, what distinguishes a digital twin from a regular supply chain model? So I'll start with that second question. What, what distinguishes a digital twin from a regular supply chain model mm -hmm. is quite simply is, is that a digital twin supply chain uh, wants to respond to the situation that the business faces, whereas the traditional supply chain often finds it reacts to the situation it faces. And I'll give you a very simple example of that. So when the Ever Given was stuck in the Zuez Canal, uh, many businesses ha had their supply chains affected by that. Uh, not just because their goods were on that vessel, but their goods were on vessels that were stuck behind the Ever Given. And also businesses were impacted because they had their goods maybe still at the factory that were booked on vessels that would have uh, traveled down the Zuez Canal. So all those companies operating outside of a digital twin environment suddenly had to react to that situation. Uh, they would have had to scramble to look at the order information to see what was uh, at the factory as an order but not yet produced, what was a work in progress, uh, and what was produced and potentially sitting at the warehouse doors, ready to be packed into a container, and then also find out what was sitting at the wharf ready to be loaded to a vessel. They also had to react by understanding um, things that, uh, goods that were booked on particular vessels, what were those shipping lines going to do to um, mitigate the risk of, of moving down the Zuez Canal. Now, that's so all very reactive. What uh, companies that are using a digital twin for their supply chain, they, they were able to respond to that uh, crisis in the supply chain or disrupt in the supply chain. And the, and the difference there is, is that they could log in to their digital twin, see a snapshot uh, from the last data upload into the digital twin, and see what status their goods were. So the digital twin isn't going to solve if their, their goods were stuck on the ever given, but with the good quality data and reliable and consistent data that we achieve for customers inside the digital twin, they could see all of that information, the goods that were on order, not yet made, the goods were work in progress, the goods that were about to ship out, plus all the goods that were stuck. In seeing that information instantly just by logging into the digital twin, they mm -hmm. could then share that information in the business. So to the salespeople who'd sold the goods, to their end customers, uh, to, the, to the merchandising team, uh, to the buyers, so on and so forth, and then get their involvement and decision-making into what should happen next. So the goods that are stuck, they're stuck. We have to inform all of our customers. We know that they're stuck and then they can to be helped in making decisions of what to do. Just go back to the, the, the earlier part of your question. Yeah. Um, the, it, trans the, the digital twin is transforming supply chains 
uh, and also another way, which is businesses are, are, are faced with now measuring their scope three emissions, which are emissions brought about by several uh, factors, including uh, emissions from uh, the transportation of the physical good. And uh, inside uh, the living model, uh, our, our digital twin, we have uh, EcoTransit, which is a software system uh, that allows us to uh, measure the uh, energy consumption of the supply chain. Okay, so uh, before we look at another question, so to recap, what are the key elements to form a digital twin, Justin? Well, it's it's data. Data is the a key data. element. Mm -hmm. And it's not just, it, it, it's, it's easy to say it's just getting data. It, it's getting uh, consistent uh, data uh, that's reliable. Uh, that um, That's the key to a digital twin. Uh, in our digital twin, the living model, we're doing data updates uh, either on once a week, once every two weeks, or once a month for customers. And we are getting multiple data sets from different um, participants in the, in the supply chain. So it could be from uh, so different factory, different logistics service provider, from the customer, maybe an ERP system or a transport management system. Uh, we could be getting information from uh, a customs brokerage, uh, our trucking company, so on and so forth, okay? And it doesn't really matter how many different sources of data they are. The number one thing is, is that they're consistent and that we can link those data sets together. Uh, it's very rare that we get a single data set from a customer because they've done all of those data linkages in their own uh, management system, data management system. So often it is up to us to, to um, ensure that we, we're getting all of those data sets uh, on that um, schedule and they're consistent and reliable. Because we build it so that we, we, we uh, download that data into our digital twin and then we uh, are able to discard the duplicate information across all of those different reports and just keep the unique information from each of those reports and build that complete end-to-end -end picture uh, for our, our customer. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Okay, Justin, uh, could you please share some success story about how this model was used in your company to solve a client's supply chain problem? Maybe one or two examples for that. Yeah, so, so definitely the, the ever given uh, issue were, was, issues, uh, was, a, was a problem for our customer that we were able uh, to solve uh, for them when, when that external uh, event occurred. Uh, for another customer, what we were able to do was load uh, into our digital twin uh, data that actually, uh, when you looked at it initially, you wouldn't think had anything to do with supply chain. And what our customer asked us to do was to load in customer demographic data. So they uh, sold a technology product and they were very reliant on their early adopter customers. So the customers that bought their new products first because those early adopter customers influenced every other customer that came behind them. So what is sometimes referred to in marketing as the laggards, the ones that want to see you know, other people buy it first, see that the technology works and then they go and buy it. So what that customer had us do was uh, look at where was the optimal location for warehouses uh, in proximity to their early adopter customers. They wanted to ensure that their new products got to their early adopter customers as 
quickly and efficiently as possible so that there weren't any delays. So that could um, also speed up potentially the time that the laggards would then come on and buy the goods. So you could shrink those times from the uh, early adopter buying the product uh, to then influencing the laggard to then buying the product as well. So it was a different way of looking at supply chain and different way of, uh, of looking at optimization for warehousing, yet for that customer and looking at it from the perspective of marketing, it made complete sense. Mm -hmm. So that was a, another success story that we were able to deliver for the customer. Uh, another was under that control idea for the supply chain that the digital twin affords customers. And, and that was that they were uh, bringing products out of Europe uh, and Asia into America, and they were going into multiple ports into uh, America, the United States of America. And they were incurring a lot of customs fees uh, by utilizing you know, smaller shipments and going into multiple different ports. So what we were able to do was model for them to, to move their products, uh, consolidate at uh, two different origins, and then move those products into a single point of origin into, into the United States. Mm. Now, we were able to reduce the costs. Also, we were able to continue to monitor and measure the impact of that change for the customer yeah. uh, and monitor it against the anticipated savings. And so for that, in that instance, um, there was a period, uh, one month, where it dropped below the anticipated savings. We were able to then uh, deep dive and analyze the reasons, the root cause for that, uh, and then uh, could report that back to the business. They were able to correct that, and then uh, the following uh, months after that, they went back to the correct process and um, achieved those savings. So uh, it was a good op uh, example of where the control of the digital twin uh, was able to, to work in their favour. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Okay, I think we can wrap up this conversation, Justin. But before we do that, is there anything else yet you would like to share with our listener? Certainly. I think that... The, the take-home message from me is, is that I would say nine out of 10 businesses uh, would consider that their supply chain data uh, policy or processes are potentially uh, the worst in the industry, their respective industry. And I would just assure them that many, many businesses of all sizes face challenges with uh, data quality and consistency, and also knowledge of where that data is within their different service providers up and down the supply chain. I would say mm. broadly across the industry, data in the supply chain is something that is uh, managed uh, in, in a way that is, is quite, um, I would say, poor. Mm. And it is an area that, uh, that requires a lot of work uh, and a lot of hard slog over a long period of time for businesses to improve. And it is a long journey. So my, my number one message is, is that um, to, to take back to organizations that if you are gonna go down this, this journey of improving your data in the supply chain, uh, ensure that that conversation's had, that this is going to be a, a longer journey. Uh, it's going to be um, a frustrating journey sometimes, uh, but it has to be done so that overall across all industries, we can improve our supply chain data, which then in turn will make for a much more uh, efficient uh, global supply chain, a much more accurate global supply chain, which then can enable businesses to do all the great things they want to do with 
reductions in scope three emissions, identification of modern slavery in the supply chain with optimization and, and savings and, and resilience in the supply chain. Uh, they, they're all good things that people want to do and I think they're all um, noble things that people want to do inside their organisations. The grunt work has to be done first in improving supply chain data and that is definitely uh, something that has to, has to occur and businesses have to be prepared that that is going to take time and investment before you begin to reap those rewards. At Bichara Supply Chain, we are committed to driving global perspective to embrace technological adaptation in improving process efficiencies. Don't forget to subscribe, like and share Bichara Supply Chain. And stay tuned for the latest updates. To learn more, visit our website www.bicharasupplychain.com. Thank you for listening to us. We look forward to seeing you at our next episode.